the anthem will be followed by a flyover of F-16 jets from the 56th Tactical Training Wing at MacDill Air Force Base and will be performed by the Florida Orchestra under the direction of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston. Amen. Happy July 5th, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Today is the day after America's, what, 247th birthday? For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We're going to be talking about the secret to freedom and how it's being revealed. I, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist because when Jesus physically rose from the grave, he turned to his disciples and he gave them a mission. That mission is the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Go therefore, teach the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey all of my commands. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus gave a mission. He is king. And I believe the king gets what he wants. And I believe the king will get what he wants in the way that the entire creation, all the nations, will bow to him. They will confess to him. They will believe the gospel and the gospel will reign supreme. Because I am an optimist and I believe that Jesus Christ gets his way. You can read the Bible and you can see the church gets defeated. You could see that things bad would happen. But that's not how I see it. I read it and I say... Despite tribulation, whether it's the great tribulation or just as as it reads, tribulation. Despite these tribulations, the church prevails. Not because the church is strong, but because Christ is king and he's zealous for the growth of his government. The everlasting, eternal growth of his government. That's Isaiah 9, chapter 6 and 7. Or verse 6 and 7. Now how this translates to today is because today is the day after America's birthday. America, I believe, and I argue strongly, and I can even prove. Our Constitution, by the way, ends with, this is ratified in the year of our Lord. So for anyone who ever says, the Constitution's not religious, it literally invokes the memory of Jesus Christ, specifies him as Lord, defines time according to his resurrection. So don't... Yeah, anyone ever says, Constitution's not a religious document. It's like, well, who is the Lord that they're mentioning to? And why is it always, why is it dated back to, the, back to his resurrection? Interesting. 
But I believe that freedom, according to Christ, according to King, according to the Messiah, John 8, 31 and 32, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I believe that the most important thing is the gospel. No doubt in my mind, no comparison, no contrast, no, no, no argument. I also believe that because Jesus wants the entire creation to believe the gospel and to come to him, I believe that's going to happen on a very long time scale. Very long time scale. And so I look at myself and I go, well, what is my role in this? Well, I'm supposed to go with the mission. I'm supposed to go with his great commission, but he put me here in America. He put me here in 2023. He gave me a nation that's a constitutional republic built on common law, coming from Christian traditions, the way of understanding the Bible interfacing with the world with the wisdom of Jesus about how government's supposed to be arrayed. What's the problem? What am I supposed to be doing? What, what am I supposed to be doing? Every single thing seems to be a deception. I am an optimist, and because of that, I think that Americans are rediscovering the secrets to freedom. Just to give you the clue, the freedom's secret is the fact that you have to know the truth. And that whenever you know the truth, you will behave as though it's true. Jesus says in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. What God says is true. And if you believe it, you will act and behave as though it's true. Now, you might not like that. You might think that, well, that's not really politics, and that doesn't really jive with government. But here's the deal. We have a caste, an industry, an entire media landscape, in through the eyes, in through the ears, for the key terrain of the mind, the prize of the soul, that is predicated upon complaining. Saying stuff sucks. That's really what they're good at. That's, they're really good at saying that this isn't conservative, and this is illegal, and this is bad, and this is bad, and this is bad. If the entire predicate of your existence is something else is not good, then you, I argue, don't have something good in your heart that you're now advancing to overcome that evil. Paul says in Romans 12, verse 21, Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If you got Jesus, and you know you got Jesus because you're his disciple, and you know that you're his disciple because his word belongs and abides in you, then you're going to be living as though that's the case. Why would you then see the stuff that sucks and suffice that to be the conclusion of your outcome? Things are bad. We can't do anything about this. Really? Who do you serve? Who's king? Who's on the throne? Because I see America in a chaos, murky, tumultuous chaotic storm. This storm is not good. There are liars in charge of levers of power. There are precedents that are not grounded on anything that's true. There are power epistemologies that are scheming with philosophies and vain janglings, figuring out ways to, to, to get people to be distracted away from what's true and persuaded and believe things that are false. I believe that Americans are rediscovering the secret to freedom. The secret to freedom is the fact that you have to give up what you value the most in order to get what has been given that is good. You need to give up your life. You need to give up your sin. You need to give up the fact that you're trying to preserve what God has already established. Don't try to preserve what God has established. Use what God has given you to advance what God wants conquered. That's what we should be doing. This is where I think that conservatism, although I am a political conservative, this is where I think that conservatism is defensive in its perspective. It needs to be offensive in its purpose. The purpose is that we're trying to get things back to where the garden was. We're trying to get back things underneath King Jesus' feet. That's where we're taking things. And whenever I say we're taking it, I mean that that's, it's only God that's doing it. And God chooses to do it through us. America just celebrated her birthday. America's got the fireworks, and we've got the freedom, and we got the guns, and we got the Constitution, we got all these things. Amen. But until you know the secret of freedom, you're not really going to preserve it. I think that there are many people that don't understand what it means to be a patriot. This is a Google definition of patriot. A patriot is nothing more than a person who vigorously supports their country and is prepared to defend it against enemies or detractors. So if you know what the truth is, if you know what the, the real thing is about America, you're going to defend it. There's uh, memes out there like this one with Trump. Trump posted this one yesterday with himself, putting his head 
on, I guess that's George Washington's body, and then you got a bunch of colonists with the tricorn hat and their flags and all that kind of stuff, and they're going off to war. Now, I want to be very specific. I am not condoning violence. I believe that whenever you understand the common law, you have something so profound and powerful that you will blow all of these powers and principalities away. You have the word of God. And I don't mean that in the sense that the common law is the Bible. I don't make that comparison. If you're making that for me, that's a straw man. It's a reductio, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the common law flows from Christians bringing the Bible into all walks of life. And it's happened over thousands of years. And whenever you recognize that the predicate is truth exists, Christ is king, the Bible is the word of God, and we're going to obey and believe that instead of some arbitrary power, some king, some belief system that isn't tied back to scripture. If it doesn't tie back to scripture, it's not going to be part of the common law. So then, Christians just need to recognize, wait, we just need to bring Jesus everywhere. And if we advance Jesus everywhere, then now we're really advancing freedom on a way that the founders did it. The only reason you get America is because people love Jesus. That's it. You don't get this nation unless people look to the scriptures. Now, what I want to point out is that there are people, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start to I'm gonna start to slice a little bit. I'm just gonna turn the guns on modern conservatism. Modern conservatism doesn't conserve anything. I'm about to show you a graphic. It's Turning Point USA's Action Summit. Let's just look at the conservatism that's going on here. First of all, I support President Trump for 2024. He's wrong on several things. A biblical sexual ethic is probably the biggest one. But now you have people here that are supposed to be Turning Point Action Conference. I submit to you that these people are well-versed in complaining. Now, not all of them, not all of them, but like Vivek Ramaswamy, the guy that's the Harvard grad running for president, he's a Hindu. He's not even a Christian. Harmeet Dillon, she's not a Christian. I believe that Mike Lindell is doing a good job, right? Like Scott Pressler, he's a homosexual, I believe. And so you have people that there's this am amalgamation of different ideas and personalities. But what's what are they conserving? What are they conserving? More Republicans? What are they conserving? America in its dilapidated state? What are they conserving? The fact that we're not getting back to what the Constitution says. We're just saying we need ballot harvesters or we need to vote harder or we need to retweet this guy's podcast or we need to say what? The Second Amendment more. We have been educated. Now, I'm not blaming Charlie Kirk. I'm not saying that Turning Point is responsible for this. I'm saying that Turning Point is a byproduct of the fact that the American people don't know the truth and don't live as though the truth is true. The American people know cliches. They know reductions of the Constitution. And so they have these swindling cliche kind of poster board, bumper sticker style conservative slogans and then they champion people out and whoever's the best looking, the best speaking, the one with the most followers or the one with the most money and can jam their face everywhere. Those are the people that gonna get, then get elected to be hoisted into what the culture believes is a position of power, but what the Constitution clearly says is a position of servitude. So you've got all of these people bringing these cliches based on complaints. This is bad. That's bad. We need more conservatives. And based on their complaints, they're not actually constructing people with law or with truth or pointing people back to what the Constitution says. And so there is no edification. There is zero edification here. All you have is vote harder, vote more, vote Republican, register Republicans. Here's where the trending analysis is going to be. Listen, folks, if you don't get rid of the machines, how are you supposed to elect Trump again in 2024 like you did in 2020 when all the godless commies who are controlling the levers of power just said, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to fake the vote. How are you going to do that? This is where, and I wouldn't be bringing this up unless I didn't have some type of solution. I believe it's common law action. In short, I believe that people standing by their right, sui juris, Republican in form because they're one of the people endowed by, by God with inalienable rights secured in their constitutions, read your state constitutions, should be able to use common law actions against personnel that are sworn to the constitution or entities that are derivatives of the constitution in order to, in Republican form, compel those people to perform. I think it's very straightforward. I think that whenever you establish facts 
by evidence that's under sworn certificate, whether that's a notary public by jurat certificate or by two or three witnesses. Whenever you do that, you're establishing words. When you establish words, you give the, then give the other side the opportunity to, to respond. If the other side doesn't have, uh, if the other side doesn't respond, they don't say anything. What happens when you make a claim and somebody else doesn't respond in the law? If you give evidence and they don't rebut your claim and they themselves don't speak, what happens? Your claim is true in the eyes of the law. Now, this is what the complainers won't tell you. The professional complainers with the conferences, the conventions, the speaking circuits, the podcasts, the books, and all the things, they won't tell you these things. Because this stuff is what you can do. You're just a regular person. You're just like me. I'm in a 10 by 12 shack in the middle of a field in Rogers County, Oklahoma, and I'm saying what you can do by right, according to the law, that no one in government can stop you. Literally nobody. Now here's the thing, because there's the cynic in the back. They're going to say, well, the judges are all corrupt and they're not doing stuff. No one, literally no one is bringing this argument in the law to bear in a court. Nobody is. The very first thing that they're doing is they're turning themselves over. They're taking their rights and they're giving it to the custody of people called attorneys, lawyers. And these attorneys and lawyers are going to be part of the Bar Association. That's a private membership association where they get to practice law for profit in the court of law. And they get to do this because they're freely associating by right. When you recognize what your rights are, you can see what's happening. And you're going, all the conservatives are just complaining. And they're all going to complain to go back to a judge, which, by the way, the judge is a servant as well. So we're then just going to take this to a judge that seems to be corrupt, but we're not going to bring them an argument on the law. We're just going to say stuff sucks. This is what happened in 2020. And I didn't know this then. I didn't know a lot of things. I still, I'm still learning a ton of things. But you need to make actual arguments based on truth and not just cliches, not just mantras, not just reduced understandings of something that's not really true. Whenever you say America is a free country, what do you mean by that? Whenever you say that you're a conservative, what do you conserve? Is conservative defensive? Or should it be like Paul says, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good? If at the very beginning everything was good, then I'm not actually, you know, defending. If the whole world's bad and fallen, I'm advancing. I'm attacking. This is why Jesus, I believe, said in Matthew 16, the church crashes the gates of hell. The hell, the, the gates of hell shall not withstand the church. And it's not because I'm smart or capable or you or anybody else. It's because that's how God chooses to do stuff. And if God chooses to work through his church, and now you've just had America's birthday, America's got a constitutional republic based on common law coming from Christians who believe the Bible, why don't we believe what is true and do what must be done in order to be free? And this is the secret of freedom. Freedom's secret is that you have to give up what you value. You have to give up what you value. And you have to get that freedom from the truth. Jesus said, I believe it's Matthew 11, he said, Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When you deny yourself and look to Jesus, now you know what the truth is. Now you know what the power is. And the wisdom of God is such that his strength is perfected in weakness. That the people that would be the weakest, so not the big powerful attorneys, not the big Twitter followings, not the big convention centers, not the big patriots and the champions in the arena, but the reduced people, just the ones by themselves, just the normal nobodies. The normal nobodies standing on the truth by their right, secured in the Constitution because God is good and he gives good gifts, they're the ones with the greatest power because the entire system is predicated on them not being hurt by the system. That's a secret people don't say. That's a perspective that's not being taught, whether it's in law school or the universities. And so here we have an entire culture that's godless. This is a, it's clearly a nation under judgment. And while this nation is under judgment, what are we supposed to do to that? Are we just supposed to continue to say, this is bad, God hates this? Or do we then bring the gospel and start to build ideas and start to organize with each other, assemble with the called out ones, the ecclesia, and start to actually do something about it? Not because we can, but because we get to. By God, through his power, we get to do stuff.
Why? Because he's good and that's how he chose to do it. I want to shift, if I can, a little topic and say that there's conservatives that are complaining and then there's people that are starting to do something about it. Now, this is not a perfect example, but this is a very good example. Miss Riley Gaines, this is going to be, um, if you got children or you don't want to hear about the stuff, the, the whatever, um, you know, got five seconds, but she is starting to speak to the point of sacrifice, whether that's her social media platform or whatever. Sacrifice is part of it. Because if you want something so much, you have to give it up in order for, in order for God to give it back to you. In order, for God, in, order, in order for you to understand that it is really from God. God wants you to have it. It's not you keeping it for yourself. It's, God, you're more important. This is yours. I give it to you. And if you give it back, if he, you keep it, that means that, I mean, that's, that's how things go. So this is uh, Riley Gaines. I want to listen to her statement. We'll do commentary follows. Okay, for the longest time, I refrained from posting on TikTok. Um, I'm the swimmer who competed against Leah Thomas, who has been outspoken on why men should not be competing in women's sports or changing in our locker rooms. But after what I saw today on Twitter, I will be blasting my opinions and my views on all of my social media platforms because this is sick. And I think a true testament of where, as Americans, we are today. Okay, so I came across this picture yesterday on Twitter which is very clearly a man who is claiming the identity of a woman and breastfeeding a child. After seeing that picture, I very quickly took to my Twitter to call that what it is, which is sexual abuse of a child. But I didn't realize to what degree until I saw this. In the following photos, you will see the same man who was breastfeeding the child actively using nipple clamps to fulfill his sexual fetish. Here is another one. And here is another one. And here is the Instagram caption from the same man on his Instagram profile where he wanted to check on how hard you can tug on the nipple clamps. So I guess what I'm wondering is how can any sane human being see this man posing with this child, obviously sucking on his nipple, now seeing what he engages in privately and not see this baby as an erotic prop for this man with a sick fetish. It is sexual abuse of a child, bottom line. And all of this to say that in America, we are normalizing pedophilia. Um, let me repeat that. We are normalizing pedophilia. And we're normalizing this behavior in the guise of human rights. But sexual abuse is not a human right for anyone. I hate to even be spreading this message, but I think people need to see it. Um, it's up to us to stand up against evil, which is exactly what this is. This is a battle of moral versus evil. The smirk on this man's face says it all. Yeah, no, that's disgusting. I think she's absolutely right. I also want to point out the sacrifice. The sacrifice, and though it might not look like sacrifice, like you might be having in your head, the sacrifice is putting the platform, the ability to do whatever, at risk of cancellation. You understand how many people guard their words or change their words so that they can't get access to then talk. So there's a control and a censorship, and we're going to get to that in here in a second when our federal judge told Joe Biden that he sucks. Um, you need to be able to risk losing it. You need to give it up. Freedom's secret is the sacrifice that's required to have it. And in this case, uh, the first most important thing is that the gift of the gospel is a free gift that God gives us. His grace is a free gift. But you won't accept that gift as long as you hold on to what you cherish more than the gift. you got to give up everything in order to get that gift. Now, sometimes God gives you back what you had. You know, Sometimes uh, you get you keep your house and you don't get to go get in prison and get a bullet in your head or whatever. The apostles led really horrible lives after the resurrection because that was to God's glory that his eyewitnesses to the resurrection should go through horrible tribulation despite preaching the same methods the whole time. I believe because the working of the gospel has become so good and I'm an optimist when it comes to the gospel that the world has improved. We actually have. They're now using human rights, a concept that God gives you something, 
to, to smuggle in this sexual perversion. I don't like that. I think that's wrong. But at least recognize the fact that they're hoodwinking this under the auspice of human rights and you can't touch rights. Where'd that come from? Where'd that idea come from? That idea came from Christians. So the gospel has improved things. So now I get to the part, I get to the part where I'm sitting here going, why are we still elevating people that don't actually drive solution? Why would, why would you still uh, listen? Why would you still purchase? Why would you still do the things to support the people that are just professional complainers? America was not based and not built or established and we did not win our independence from com- professional complaining. We won it through sacrifice. We won it through people that were willing to give up everything in order for a greater ideal. And I believe, as Miss Riley Gaines is demonstrating, I believe that Americans are starting to see that. A federal judge thumps Biden with a truth-based ruling. I want to watch this video and then we'll talk about it. Commentary follows. Just into CNN, a federal judge has just blocked the Biden administration from meeting with the heads of social media companies. This order is part of a lawsuit from two Republican state attorneys general. CNN's Vanessa Yurkiewicz has been following this story for us. Vanessa, let's take a step back and talk to us about the origins of all of this. As you mentioned, Boris, this judge saying that key administration officials and key agencies can no longer communicate with social media companies. But as you said, this started in 2022 when two states' attorneys generals, Republicans from Mississippi and Louisiana, filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration saying that the administration overstepped or overreached in terms of communicating with social media companies to try to combat COVID disinformation. But these are the agencies that the judge has listed can no longer communicate with these social media companies. They include the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, the CDC, the FBI, the Justice Department, also including about a dozen key administration officials, including the White House press secretary and the U.S. Surgeon General. Now, those people and those agencies cannot contact, whether it's email, phone, text or meeting in person with Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter, uh, Google and TikTok. And this is very important because this is a communication line that many of these administration officials and agencies had have had with these social media companies. Now, we did reach out to the so- social media companies for comment. We didn't hear back except from Meta, who said they have no comment on the issue. We also reached out to the White House and we're awaiting a response uh, from them. Now, there are a few exceptions in this ruling from this judge, in, the, in this injunction. Uh, the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, and the FDA can still communicate with uh, these social media companies. But those agencies and folks I just listed uh, cannot unless it has to do with illegal activity and security threats. This judge, Judge Doty, is a Trump appointee. Um, He has not made a final ruling on this case, Boris, but uh, this This banning of these agencies and officials from communicating with these social media companies is certainly a victory uh, for these states who are suing the Biden administration, Boris. A fascinating development. Vanessa Yurkiewicz in New York. Thank you so much. Brianna? Now, All right. Now, what is the interest in the law? What's the interest in the law here? Free speech. Now, that might be where your brain's going, but I don't think that's actually what's going on. You have, remember, we've got our... We've got our um, grantor to the public trust. We've got our trust document. This is the Constitution. This is the public trust. Then you've got trustees. These are your government officials. And then you've got the beneficiaries. The ben... We'll just call them the benefs. The benefs. So you've got the grantors... Right? The people make the government. The government is the, you know, we made, so we the people made the Constitution. The Constitution's a public trust indenture. The only trustees can have the power. And then the all of that is to the benefit of the beneficiaries. So here, one trustee, a judge, the judge is telling the uh, president and the executive uh, office, executive uh, branch, that they can't talk to 
third party, we'll call them thirds, they can't talk to third party entities. Why would one trustee tell another trustee that that trustee can't talk to this third party entity that's not part of the public trust? You notice that the concept was misinformation, right? And then policies like COVID or the shots or whatever. So what you have is the trustee, the Biden administration, is coordinating and talking to social media companies in order to put out what policies are to do what? To damage the beneficiaries talking about the same thing. So in this case, you have the public trust, the public trustees are using powers of the public trust to lean on these third parties for these third parties to then have an adversarial effect on the beneficiaries. And now a trustee has told this trustee they can't do that because why? It hurts the beneficiaries. That's the issue. That's the issue in the law. Whenever you start to get to that, you can start to understand the way that you argue, the way that you would enumerate or articulate what's going on in the common law according to the Constitution is the people in government swore not to hurt the people. They swore to it. So the only way that they can have power is only if they do not hurt the people. And so if you are one of the people, which you are if you're American, if you are one of the people, you just have to demonstrate how your government is harming one of your rights, which presupposes you know what your rights are. If you think that your rights are derivative or downstream from the Constitution, then you're a moron. And this is the difference between the complainers that will just look at this and say, oh, Joe Biden got told that he can't do stuff about the First Amendment. First Amendment, burba, burba, burba. And they're going to say, free speech, free speech. This is a victory for free speech. And while that is true, because the First Amendment is protecting these guys right here, right? I'm a beneficiary. I got, the, I got my rights right here. And so I'm going to come as one of the people. So I've got a First Amendment. So yeah, these guys can't be using power to come against my rights. That's true. But that doesn't actually tell you what's going on. It doesn't tell you that there's trustees with government power using and leaning on third parties that aren't part to the public trust. And because these guys are telling these guys what to do, the effect of the use of this power is harming these guys. You can't harm these guys, even if you're going outside of government to do it. Does that make sense? And so whenever you have the professional complainers saying conservatism, and this is a win for free speech, they don't tell you that. And because they don't tell you that, if you understood that bridge, now you, if you knew common law, you'd be able to use this constitution to make sure that that doesn't happen and you don't need a big audience. You don't need a big budget. You don't need lots of check marks. You don't need a podcast. You can be just a normal random person as long as you understand that dynamic and you know how to express it, you'll be right to go. And that's why I would encourage you to get the million dollar free common law seminar available at commonlawpeople.com, commonlawpeople.com. Click the button, send the email, sign up. You get 12 hours of expressed content, awesome, free dictionary, all sorts of stuff. Understand how to do this. You don't need to be, uh, you know... Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump or Lauren Boebert or Dave Rubin or Ron DeSantis. You don't need to be these champions in the arena. Just be who God made you to be. And by you being who God made you to be, understanding the common law, they can't stop you. You just saw a judge tell the government, government, you guys can't talk to these guys anymore based on what principle? Based on that principle. The injunction was done because the powers of government are being used in an adversarial capacity against the beneficiary. And that can't happen. And the church said, Hey, I want to talk about the Constitution versus mass migration. First, I want to take you to Galway, Ireland. Galway, Ireland. Watch this commentary follows. Where are we at, Galway? Uh, I didn't load it. Okay, here's Galway, Ireland. Here we go. Galway in 2022. No. Oh, also, uh, bad language warning. Go ahead, Galway, go ahead. Galway in 2022. No idea. 
Was it Jack? Tommy? I'd say it was probably Connor. Let's say David. I think it was Sean, was it? Uh, Jack. 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 Kian. 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 Yeah. Peter? No. Patrick. I don't know. Um, no, maybe that's like the most Irish name. Most popular? I don't know. Dave, maybe? Not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, I'm guessing it was not a traditional Irish name. Richard, Richard. It was not Richard. Was it? Oh, fuck. Didn't see that coming. It wasn't Richard. No, would you like to know what it was? Yeah. Right, uh, I'll, I'll let you try and answer first. I'd say there. Jack. I'd say uh, Mohammed. <laughs> You're correct. What? <laughs> right. According to the CSO in 2022, the most popular boy's name in... Galway was Mohammed. Oh yeah, I, I, I read that somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't expecting that, but okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Do you want to know what it was? Yeah, actually. It was Mohammed. Mohammed. Oh my God. Yeah, it was Mohammed. I knew that actually. <laughs> ah, fuck off. It wasn't Mohammed. In Galway, Mohammed. Oh, okay. Do you want to know what it was? Yes, please. It was Mohammed. Okay. Okay. Look surprised. Really? In Ireland? In Ireland. Well, that's crazy. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. In Galway. Crazy. Not in Ireland. Oh. That's weird. That surprised you? Very interesting, yeah. Really? That's surprising. Muhammad is the most common, huh? Right, so Muhammad is the most common name in Galway, Ireland. Not Ireland altogether, but Galway, Ireland. And just to give you an example or an idea, this is where Galway is. There's Ireland, and there's Galway. So the opposite side of Dublin, just really small right there on, you know, kind of Western Ireland. Why is this important? Because mass migration, the Clowen Piven strategy, Cloward Piven strategy, is destroying nations. This is not a uh, normal, this is not a natural migration. That people aren't leaving war-torn countries. It is being done through incentivized programs, paid-off politicians, neglect of the nation's laws, and it's done deliberately to destabilize political entities, usually Western Europe with the Christian heritage, now that Christians in now that most modern Christians have been brainwashed to be separate from politics, they think, "Oh, well, God's going to do whatever he wants to do." Absolutely, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. He also chooses to work through you. In every word or deed, let all be done to the glory of Lord Jesus. First uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. So because because modern Christians think that they shouldn't be involved in politics. Modern Christians have a fatalistic, um, you know, everything's going to get horrible and there's nothing we can do about it perspective. And in that sense, now they're being exploited through bought-off politicians, through large corporations, to purposefully destabilize, whether it's the financials or, or hollowing out the manufacturing, or in this case, just changing the demographics of the nation to where Galway, Ireland, Galway, Ireland, the most common male name in Galway, Ireland, born this year, is Mohammed. To that, I want to point to our constitution here in America, and I want to bring up the fact that there is a constitutional solution to this. Commentary follows. Article 4, Section 4 of our constitution requires our government to defend and protect our borders. If our government does not, the constitution authorizes the free citizens to defend themselves and their state in place of a treasonous government. Side note, in not defending our borders, our government gives aid and comfort to a hostile foreign invasion. And this, under Article 3, Section 3 of our Constitution, is properly labeled as treason. Amen. So I want to draw our construct again. You've got the Grand Tour, who makes the government. This is also the people. That's your nation. 
You've got the Constitution, which is a public trust. You've got the trustee who can only have power if he swears to the trust. And then all of this is for the benefit of the beneficiary. Okay, we've written this before. So here's your government. The people make the government. We the people, we're the grantors, we make the constitution. The constitution's a public trust. Power from the constitution can only go to the trustees. The trustees can never use the power of the constitution against the beneficiaries. In this constitution, Article 4, Section 4, the federal, con the U.S. Constitution guarantees the people, or I should say guarantees the states, which are these other independent public trusts. So this is a state, this is a state, right? These states that are also public, uh, public trusts that also have to be used for the benefit of the people, this constitution guarantees the states a republican form of government. A republican form of government is open to the administration by the people. So if the constitution fails to be administered by the people, it no longer is in the form of government. Where there is a where a form is prescribed and not followed, there is a nullity, which means that anybody who is a trustee can't be using the powers of the constitution if these trustees deprive the people uh, their form of government. So if you are getting trespassed and you're saying, hey, I'm the beneficiary of government, let me go in my public capacity as one of the people to tell the Constitution, tell these people what to do, here's my right. Give me a Republican form of government. They say no. What they're doing is depriving you the Republican form of government guaranteed in the Constitution. Now, Article 4, Section 4 also says that the government, the federal government, is going to be repelling an invasion. Well, what else is an invasion except for that of an open border? And so if the open border is being run amok and invaded, infiltrated, if it's being overrun by mass migration, according to the, the, the what was it, the Ploward-Piven strategy, Cloward-Piven strategy, this mass migration changed the demographics, hollow out the manufacturing, uh, you know, give massive surplus in labor to maximize the profits of corporatists who have bought off the media, bought off the politicians, are in collusion with the banks. Like if all of this is going on, your rights are being deprived. Now, this is not just a complaint because, again, you learn common law. You learn how to message and notice your sheriff. You then also know how to assert your rights via grand jury or via militia. This is going to take people understanding what this is. You can't just be here and say stuff sucks. You need to come here and say, Daddy's home. Y'all guys are messing up. This is what the law says. Make it happen, or else we are going to start using our rights and make and really turning the screws. Now, of course, there's skeptics in the back saying, Well, Jim, why don't you do that now? Well, I'm doing my part to tell you guys what this is. No one's ever taught you this. You don't understand where these things are. And, you know, not everything is uh, going to be said publicly. There's things Jaren's doing behind the scenes that I'm not just going to say, here's what I'm doing and exactly what's going on. The struggle today is that because people don't know what the truth is, they're not willing or they don't know what to do about it. I don't want to just complain. I want to recognize the fact that mass migration is changing demographics, which brings a lot of people who don't think like us, don't believe like us, won't understand like us, and so they're going to change the rule of law. They're going to change the fact that they just they just don't care. They just don't care about the nation. Um, and I'm against that. I'm against that completely. I'm against that completely. And because there's skeptics in the back... Um, you know, I, I've got Native American blood. I've got mutt blood from all over. It don't matter what your ethnicity is. It matters what the law is. And what the law is, is what that which has been laid down. And in America, that's the Constitution. So let's get on to more people who don't understand what the nation's all about. Cori Bush is a racist harpy congresswoman who wrote this. The Declaration of Independence was written by enslavers and didn't recognize black people as human. Today is a great day to demand reparations now. What is the controversy she's bringing here? She's bringing an anti-American perspective. She's bringing a Project 1619 Marxist presupposition. She hates Jesus. 
And because she has an antichrist perspective on life, she's going to revise history and say that the Declaration of Independence was written by slave owners. I would ask Miss Cori Bush, uh, I'm assuming, I don't want to misgender, I would ask her how many founders, how many signers of the Declaration own slaves? I would like her to point that out. I would like her to understand how many of the signers actually understood uh, or actually owned slaves. Then I want to say, where did all those slaves come from? Show me the Navy that shipped 400 million people from Africa to the United States. I mean, the, the people have found boats in the bottom of the Red Sea, uh, or excuse me, uh, chariots in the bottom of the Red Sea to account and to corroborate the story of Exodus. The splitting of the Red Sea. There's like ancient Egyptian uh, you know, chariots there. Where is this mass fleet, this flotilla, that transported 400 million or however many, you know, 4 million slaves from Africa to, to North America? How do you logistically pull that off? What I think you'll find is that most of the slaves that were enslaved were people that were already here, Native Americans. And I think that that's one of the biggest lies because you ask most black people, like, where's your heritage from? They can't track it back to Africa. They can track it to some Native American tribe. But the point that she's making here is that the Declaration of Independence was signed by people who hated black people, who, who signed them over as slaves. This is just where you got to recognize that we live in a fallen world. That's not an excuse for the slave owners, but there were also Declaration of Independence signers that hated slavery and didn't want to do it didn't want to enact or ratify the Constitution. And so this is where people made compromises. They made compromises that they shouldn't have. And so the argument, I think the best argument that she has is that there are people whose morals and ethics dictated that black people were people and that it's wrong for man to have other men as slaves and that they compromised on that. I think that's probably our strongest argument. I think that's a legitimate, valid, strong argument to be made. It does not change what the law is, and it does not um, it does not account for the fact that that was the way of the world. It doesn't affect it doesn't account for the fact that that was the way of the world then. She's using 2023 morals and principles to look back at that time and to impugn them, to judge them in a confiscatory uh, materialistic fashion. She's saying that because they were racist and they hated black people, give me money now. So instead of actually pointing out the moral underpinnings of it's wrong for one man to have dominion over another man, Genesis chapter 1, not because of what they look like, but because they're made in God's image, she won't go there. Because if she went there, that would turn the, the guns on her and she would have to look in the moral, moral mirror and realize the fact that she's preaching a idolatrous, selfish, materialistic notion of salvation where, whereby you give, let's just say you give reparations to all black people. What are they going to do with it? What are they going to do with it? Well, Jaren, they'd have the money. Okay, it, does that account for the moral wrong that was done to ancestors hundreds of years ago? Where were they trespassed in order to have that? And this is where the whole argument comes in for, um, you know, society has, has led them wrong. Society has positioned black people in, in a spot where they don't have the privilege that white people have. That's the argument. This notion of privilege. One we're not talking about the law anymore. We're now talking about a subjective criteria, one that is emotionally driven by people who admittedly hate Jesus. Why would I give the truth? Why would I give my notion of truth of the law, the notion of justice to some woman who is a brazen harpy who hates my guts because of the color of my skin? Why would I want to listen to her? If she brings an argument based on the law, based on truth and saying, hey, that was wrong. Amen. Absolutely. But what about affirmative action over the last 50 years? I mean, what about the fact that the Supreme Court just overturned affirmative action for Harvard, where Harvard was discovered that they were giving people that were in the 40th percentile or with black skin entry into their university, even though they were stupid, like objectively stupid, objectively dumb, objectively not as smart as other better qualified, fairer skinned people. See, if that's been happening for decades, and it has, well, where's the equity? And this gets back to the issue that she's not actually looking for justice. She's looking for power. She wants to divide on skin color because she doesn't have Christ in her heart. Because she says someone else looks different than me and they have it better. Or what's really the truth because she's a congresswoman so she's got the power of the privilege. She's got way more power and privilege than me. 
she needs to get voted in by the people that are rabid materialists who also have Darwinian presuppositions who can't be brought to a knowledge of their sin because then they would look to Jesus and get salvation like everybody else who believes the gospel. And at that point, they would recognize their brothers and sisters in Christ according to the cross. What they would not do is they would not look like look at someone who looked different than them and say, well, I'm black, you're white, you give me money, even though we both believe the gospel. No, when Christ is king, mammon is not. And when mammon is not your king, you do not worship him. This comes down to money. This comes down to idolatry. This comes down to a woman who's just going to try to stir up stuff to undermine her nation. And it's, it's a, it, is a, um, it is a brazen display of irony. The fact that a harpy black woman can be a congresswoman and say something so hateful against America in the nation that's given her that opportunity. Just the lack of self-awareness is just befuddling. Last thing I'll play here is the jab injured are starting to speak out. Commentary follows. I'm Adrian Walker and I'm vaccine injured. I'm diagnosed with vaccine-induced thrombosis, thrombocytopenia. I have multiple blood clots and extremely low platelets. I was a sub-four-hour marathon runner and a former semi-professional football referee. The doctors told me that my fitness was a massive factor in me surviving. Now I rely on my wife to push me around in a wheelchair. I'm now disabled, unable to work. Just walking up and down the stairs makes me breathless. I no longer live. I merely exist. My life as I knew it has been ripped away from me because of my AstraZeneca vaccine. We only took the vaccine to protect others, to do the right thing. Just as the government and the mainstream media were constantly telling society to do. I now feel that I was coerced and lied to. We now know that the vaccine does not stop you catching COVID and it does not stop you from spreading COVID. I have been shocked and dismayed at the level of censorship surrounding vaccine side effects. Governments, social media, mainstream media, all around the world seem to constantly use safe and effective as their go-to phrase. Yet, as soon as this is questioned, it is shut down, dismissed and labelled as misinformation. We are not misinformation. There's a lot of people hurting. There's a lot of people who have been hurt. And there's a lot of people who now struggle with something that they shouldn't have struggled because people lied to them. I am of the mind that from the beginning, the entire COVID lockdown, the entire COVID hoax, the entire shot suggestion was wrong. I still think that. I still think it's wrong. People made their own decisions and now consequences will be had. While I agree with him that he was told this is the right thing to do to help other people, ultimately he made the decision. And he made the decision based on what other people were telling him that was a lie. And this is tragic. This is this is one of those things that makes you just viciously angry. And it also makes you sad. The sad is that there's people who have been killed, lives who have been destroyed, and people who are going to have to carry these burdens for the rest of their life viciously angry because I believe that people did this on purpose. I believe people did this uh, deliberately, whether either to make a buck or to depopulate. I'm uninterested. I'm not, it's not that I'm not uninterested. It's that people would have all sorts of motives. I, I think that there will be people involved with it because they wanted to do bad stuff to people. And there's people involved with it because they wanted to make money. My point for, for, for pointing this out is that if you take the idea that sin is going to kill you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death. All of us have sinned, Romans chapter 3, and fall short of the glory of God. So we can look at the jab, and we can look at the jab injured, and we can see the tragedy, we can see the viciousness, we can see the need for justice, and we get so angry. And I pray every day that the people that were involved, that are responsible, get their justice, and I want the people who have been hurt to get some type of restitution, recompense for what was wrong. Amen. Maybe we'll explore a common law opportunity for that. From the from the gospel perspective is that you and I are sinners and we've broke God's law. The tragedy there is that we will die and if you are not in Christ, if you haven't been covered in the blood, if you haven't been born again, if you haven't been baptized into his name, 
you're going to go to hell. From God's perspective, he hates sin. He hates idolatry. He hates any trespass against his law because he's perfect. His anger is righteous. It's justified. But that's the loving message of the gospel is that because God didn't have to, but he did. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who shed his blood. That shed blood washes away your sin. It removes all element, every residue, any evidence that you have ever done wrong. It's gone because Christ is that good. Now, when you recognize this, you want to live for him. You want to believe that he rose from the grave. When you believe he rose from the grave, you trust in him to have taken your sins. You do that. You're born again. When you're born again, you're now in the gospel. And now you get to bring messages to people. That message is the gospel. You get to be the message in the sense that you're living like Jesus and you're sanctified over time to improve because you should improve. I mean, if you're in Christ, shouldn't there be some evidence that you are? Shouldn't people look at you and say, okay, I can see where that guy used to be a horrible jerk. Now he's not so much a jerk. His attitude has changed. His behavior has changed. Your your perspective changes. Your identity, your priorities, the stuff you want to do changes because now Christ has you. And the Holy Spirit who is in you is working through you to love people, to preach the gospel, to bring more lost people to him. Ultimately, that's the thing I care about the most. This type of video hurts me because you can hear the pain in the man's voice. You can see the fact that his life has been destroyed by other people. And I want to, by God's grace, participate in getting people like him justice on this side of eternity. But you need to understand, it is Jesus who's going to bring everybody up to his court, and he will give the justice. And the justice will be perfect, and it will be eternal. My call today is to believe the gospel so that you are right in Christ, so that you know him. Because if you died now doesn't matter if you're on the right side or the wrong side of whatever political issue. If you die now and Jesus doesn't know who you are, you will be guilty of all of your sin because you are, and I am. But if you don't know Jesus, then you don't have him to, to take away your sin. If Jesus doesn't know you, then he hasn't taken your sin. Believe the gospel, my friends. Hey, I appreciate your time. Um, best way to help support me is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take the money you're already spending on shopping for home products, goods, whatever, and switch it to an American manufacturing company. This is a private membership association, so there is a welcoming onboard that's not like normal companies. It's a yearly membership, cancel anytime. It's not that big a deal. It's direct product shopping. You want something, you get it, you get it delivered to you. You sign up, either myself or somebody that's working with me will introduce you to this. Now, I'll say this, because people are not really understand what's going on. This is a different non-Walmart, non-Amazon way of doing things. Because they do it the way that they do it, there's bylaws that say that they can't contract and commercialize and do advertising. And this is because they've got protections in the Constitution that as long as they do things the way that they're doing by inviting people, and that invitation is why we call, that invitation is why we speak with you because we want a community of people that want to support an American manufacturing company. We don't want the casual shopper. We want people that are deliberate with their dollars that are going to do danger due to the deep state, but also lessen their, lessen their dependence on the corporatists. I've been preaching live local for years. That's what I would like. I believe that this is in keeping it. Listen, folks, if you can find a product that's local, don't do it. But if you want to support my work, if you want to switch the shopping you're already doing to an American manufacturing company and you want to feel good about it, go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Until next time, I will be back on, shoot, Monday, I think. Next week, I'm, I'm taking the kids to California, the, the boys. We're driving. Um, so I'm looking at options of doing live streaming from the road. So we'll see. I don't know when I'll be back next time, but Lord willing to be back. So I'll figure that out. Keep uh, in touch on the Telegram channel or the socials in the description below. Until next time, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Happy birthday, America. Go to war.